Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age, and I'm too excited today. I'm fangirling because my guest is my very dear friend, Ina Pinkney. Now, I need you to understand something. When we met each other, we realized we were sisters separated at birth, okay? And I met Ina at a food and wine conference, a bloggers conference, about five years ago, something like that, in Florida. And I'm not exaggerating. We, like, locked eyes. And the minute she spoke to me, I thought, well, that's the whole reason I came to this conference. And uh, hello, madam. Thank good, you. Good morning, Denise. Good morning, my girlfriend. Now, I have to tell you, I met Ina at a conference. And what she was doing there was being the keynote speaker, and she was speaking about the document, the documentary, I can't say that word today. Documentary. documentary. Thank you, documentary. Thank you. Everyone knows they have to correct me. <laughs> the documentary about her restaurant that she had for 22 years, a career of breakfast at Ina's, and I got to see it then. And there's a second podcast with Ina, so you might, if, you ha if you're listening to this one, you might want to go back and listen to, an, to the first one that Diane did with Ina because it's a wonderful um, beginning of Ina's life. And I'm working on like this, the more recent part of her life in this podcast today. So we, I got to see the movie made about Ina's restaurant, which was really, you guys, a restaurant, but it was a neighborhood hub. It, to me, when I watched you and hear you speak, it was like a community that came together to eat pancakes. <laughs> now, they also, you have to remember something, probably the most delicious pancakes, and I have Ina's cookbook, which is available for sale on Amazon.com. But I'm going to tell you something. My husband, who is a pancake aficionado, like just looks at her book sometimes like a little puppy dog and says, could we have these pancakes, Denise? And I go, okay. Because it's really, it's a wonderful cookbook with beautiful pictures of the food that Ina served. So with, if people, some people may know Ina, but I'll tell you, if you don't, there's another thing you should do. You should read an article on the New York Times called The Perfect Divorce. And Ina, I want you to speak to that article because it was not too long ago that it was out. September. Mm -hmm. September mm -hmm. was out and was out. Okay, mm -hmm. so people can look it up. And we will also post it on our, oh, our website. You. Oh, thank please. You. So if we start there, you want to talk to us about why you're in an article called The Perfect Divorce? I would love to do that. Good. Um, first, I, I want to set all of this up to say that I am speaking completely from the heart because that is the way I'm sure your listeners will receive it. So I want to always tell the truth and I want to share what matters. Um, I was lucky enough to be married for 36 years to an extraordinary man um, who sailed around the world solo, became the first African American ever to do that. And um, we had a remarkable marriage. Um, my parents rejected us for many, many, many years, as did my friends. Having an interracial marriage in 1965 was just not done. And the thing that was so painful for me is that Bill was a practicing Jew, and my parents rejected him completely. And when the rabbi told my mother, listen, I always care that my Jew Jewish children marry Jewish children, and if I tell your daughter not to marry a black Jew, I must tell my son not to marry a French Jew or a Spanish Jew. And so it was challenging. But if you, when you listen to the first part of this, when I was six, I already knew that I had to forge my own path. 
and nothing was going to get in the way of a really good decision for myself, and I knew I would grow up with Bill. And so, indeed, we got married. We had a remarkable life. And after he sailed around the world, he then became the captain of the slave ship Amistad that was built in Mystic, Connecticut. And he took that ship up and down the eastern seaboard and into Cuba where the Amistad incident began. But then he took it to London, and he was there for the 200th anniversary of the cessation of the slave trade. My God. And he called me when he walked out of Westminster Abbey, and he said, Ina, I was sitting behind the queen, and I was here for this momentous occasion with the, slave, with the ship, Amistad. And in that second, I knew he needed to be on the water, mm. and I needed to be on the land. He would always make a joke and say, Ay, if it doesn't have a lobby, it'll never be a hobby. And so that was the truth. And at that moment, I knew that he needed to be on the water. Well, I, it's amazing to me. And of course, I just know that one of your, you have so many talents. I know, but one of your talents is knowing when to let go. Always. And this is extraordinary. Okay, it is. it's not. I think half the problems we have in our lifetime is holding on. Is holding on uh-huh. when they, whether it be a habit, a marriage, a career, things that no longer serve us well. Completely true. And of course, you helped me with that because when I met you, I know I knew that my life as a food stylist was going to come to an end soon. Okay, now we're, there are a couple of reasons. One, I'd done it. Just like you, I know you felt you had done and when breakfast. You, and when you do it as well as you know how, when it's right. over, it's over. And you want to go out on top. Always. Okay? And I'd seen, I've seen, I'm sorry to say, food stylists hanging on to the very end. And it's like they were no longer pushing, you know, pulling the stagecoach. They had now been run over by it. So when you met me, and I, I know you remember this. Yep. I was talking to you about that because I had just seen the film made about you and closing your restaurant. And you said to me, well, you just have to pivot. And I said, what? And you said, you have to pivot, Denise. You have to take everything you know and just pivot. You're not walking away. You're not shutting down. You're going in a direction that will be better for you. And using everything you know in a new way. So I learned that from you. And now when you just told that story of knowing that it was time to let go of your husband, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, That phone call, and and I talk about it in the movie as well, you know, Breakfast at Ines. I called him up and I said, it's really time for divorce. And he very quietly said, I know. Oh. And I said, I need to thank you for all the times you picked me up when I fell down. And he said, and I thank you for all the times you lifted me up when I didn't know that I needed wings. And there it was. So the, the key to all of this is that we never forgot why we loved each other. We both left the marriage better people than when we began. And somebody at the New York Times had heard through a friend that we had this marriage and this divorce that mattered. So she called me and she said, would you be interested in being interviewed? And I said, absolutely. And here's Bill's phone number and ask him. And of course he said yes. And she asked us different questions and that's in the article plus lots of photographs online as well. And it is true that we honor and respect each other. When he remarried, he brought his new wife to meet me right away. We spent a lovely evening together. 
I love him. Of course. And he loves me. Of course. And I'm going to tell you a very moving story. So I um, fell a year ago, December, and broke the thigh bone in my polio leg, which was already pretty compromised. And so I've been in a wheelchair mostly for this year. And Bill came to see me in June. And we talked a long time, and he said, as he was leaving, and, and he was crying, and he said, it's very hard to see you like oh. this. But the story I want to tell you is when I came home from the hospital, my leg was immobilized, I was in the wheelchair, and Bill and I had made a, a deal years ago. If anything happens to him that's life-threatening, or to me, we will each have someone contact the other so we have an opportunity to talk or see each other. I said, I don't want to get a call from your wife saying, oh, no. by the way, Bill died. We buried Absolutely. him two weeks ago. Not nice. <laughs> so I said, and the same thing will happen. So my friend called Bill and said, Ina's in the hospital, and it's dire right now, and I will keep you informed. So she called him and said, Ina's coming home next week, and please, you can call her then. I woke up that second week at home because I was home, but I wasn't at home. Yes. Everything was a challenge, living in a wheelchair in my apartment. And... I was crying. Of I was in total despair. And I kept thinking, I want this to be a novel, and I want this novel to have a, a last chapter, and I want this chapter to tell me how it ends. And so that's what I wanted. Well, in the middle of all this crying and despair, Bill called. And I, uh, I had modeled such good emotional intelligence behavior for 36 years with him that he never said anything cliche or cheerleadery. He was listening. And I was talking and crying and talking and crying and he would say, I hear you. I oh. didn't know. I didn't understand. Now I understand. And then at one point I took a breath. And in that breath he moved right in and he said, you know, Ina, I've had the honor of listening to your voice for over 50 years. And when I hear your voice, I hear recovery. And I thought, this man knows me better than anyone. He has seen me through a lot with my leg. And he hears and sees recovery in me than he knows more about me than I know myself this That's moment. Really? And I will believe him, and it flipped a switch. Now, because I've heard you speak before, and because I've read your book, and because I've seen the movie, when you, this is again, a different world, Polio, when you found out, so you're a little girl. 18 months old. Oh, my God. You don't even know then you no. have the polio at 18 no. months old. No, I only know that I, something was really wrong with me. Okay, and the reason I bring this up is that you've talked about your mother and that you felt the guilt that she carried because you weren't perfect. She also felt guilt because she didn't know where she took me, where the other mothers didn't take their children, where I was the only child in an apartment building that got polio. So she carried that guilt with her. For a long time. Forever, forever. And then, of course, I was not perfect. That's right. She wouldn't get me two shoe sizes, which I needed. I had a six and an eight because it would look funny. Different generation. Different generation. Different. See, this is one of the things, and this is what I love about women beyond a certain age. We've seen the changes in the world. We have. We have seen that an interracial marriage now is not the end of the world. The end of the world, and not to be um, not to be rejected by, or or to have had polio and survived. I, you know what I think of you when I look at you. I wonder what you would have been like. Could you have been 
who you are now if you hadn't had polio? I think about that a lot. I bet, because, because you just... Yes, I would have been a different person, diff- but I also, I, I would have been a doctor. Okay. I couldn't get into medical school because I was disabled. Ah, okay. I, I would have had an entirely different life, completely. I would I have been the same person? I think most of it, yes, because my father was... My father was the amazing and my champion and loved you me to the moon and back. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he, yeah, I am him in many ways. So I'd like to think I would still be a really good, honest, you know, person. Uh, so I'll, I'll put that aside. But, yeah, polio made me exactly who I am today. When we were at the conference and Ina had, had a cane, but also you had a scooter. Uh-huh. When it, because we yes. were in one of those caverns of a hotel, you know, to go from one... <laughs> Place to, to the other, and we had wine, and we had big fancy dinners. But I have to tell you, uh, Ina put us all to shame. The rest of us, <laughs> the second or third day, I was like saying, "I got to go home. I can't do any more of this." You have a natural energy level, energy level, mm-hmm. an evervescence mm-hmm. to you. Um, <clears throat> so I can imagine when you were crying to Bill and stuff. That had to have been a really low spot this last year when you hurt your leg. When you broke your leg, mm-hmm. without question, I don't remember ever feeling um, that hopeless. Okay, I have never, I've never felt hopeless. There, okay. So, what? How did you do it? So, his conversation with me certainly helped, and then I always reminded myself that I have lived by the mantra of innovate, and then accommodate, and then overcome. Those three words have been the guiding mantra of my life because I've always had to innovate something to be able to walk, whether it was my shoe or the brace that I'm wearing. I always had to um, accommodate. Yes. I needed a cane. I needed a brace. I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere I have to go to get to where I'm going. And always, whatever the, the thing that I needed, I would always do. Wheelchair in the airport? Yes, for years. You know, I feel I feel entitled to take care of myself and to be Absolutely. safe. Absolutely, and, and to be safe. To be safe. Right. This is one of the things. If people, if you listen to the first podcast we did with Ina, she talks about before she started baking and went into food and opened a bakery and was talk about innovation. Created a cake delivery service, service. which was is brilliant. I, I mean, so and brilliant. then a whole dessert catering and then a business. whole dessert catering business. Um, but I have to tell you, uh, when she tells that story, she also says that before then she had every job. 21 jobs, got fired from 19 of them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> 21 jobs and was fired from 19. Now, this again hits home with me, which is why I know we were twins separated at birth. <laughs> because before I found food, and I had so many jobs, I mean, and I would never quit the job. Here's the thing. And they didn't, much like you said, the people that I was working for, I don't think they really liked me that much because they thought that I was kind of odd uh-huh. because I laughed at everything, because I do, because I would... Do things differently. Do things differently. I'd also be honest. Oh, I mean, I remember saying once when I was running a big catering company, though I'd become a chef, and it was Drexel, Burnham, and Lampert, if anybody oh, remembers. I remember them. Half of them went to jail. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, they, they, would, they had bought the yacht. I mean, it was rich. It was rich catering. 
But when I met the owners, I guess because they kind of came in secretly, actually now we know they were just funneling that junk bond money through the catering, through the carrots. You were laundering. I was laundering. But when I met them, I wasn't impressed. Do you know what I mean? I mean, other people would be so impressed because they were multimillionaires and stuff. And I actually, when they bought this gorgeous couple of yachts and they walked me through and they said, waiting for me to kind of fangirl over them and stuff, they said, well, what do you think? I said, well, it just goes to show you what you can do with a lot of money. <laughs> you know I mean, um, I mean you... it wasn't brain surgery. They, they hadn't solved cancer. They weren't curing they, AIDS. Not at all. All they did was they made a lot of money. money. So I understand that part of it. And that's why your story to me, I think so many people, and even in their, to their 50s, if they haven't found something that they love, you love to bake. You found out that you love to bake. Love to bake. And what I found out, I was never really good. I did anything but cooking. Do you know what I mean? I yes. mean, I I didn't finish college. I I, I mean, I was fired a lot. <laughs> But I was fired because most of the time, I was always afraid to quit a job because I didn't know if I'd get another one. So I was working one job in the morning and then running to the second job. And pretty soon I'd think to myself, I've got to tell those people in the morning that I've quit. <laughs> right? <laughs> because right? I just couldn't do it. But I, I see the similarities and I think that people out there, I have a dear friend right now. She's in her middle 50s. She just quit in a horrible situation, not her fault. But I know she feels adrift because she feels like at 50, she should have it more together. I was 48 when I opened Hello. the restaurant. There you go. And I was 36, 37, before I got my first really grown-up job. Then I quit the grown-up job, of course, because I was sure that I could freelance and have my own business, which I did for 20, 25 years, Same. so I did all right. Right, right. But I think that, I, I think what I'm so impressed with you is that you seem Fearless. I am. I'm fearless, but I'm never reckless. There you go. And there is a, there's the other a mantra. big difference. Big difference. I am definitely fearless. And by the way, with those 21 jobs, I was a hell of a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when you said, I'm interviewing because we're here in Hollywood. Ina's here in Hollywood visiting a very dear friend. She's not back in Chicago where she lives. So that's why we got to interview her live. And I'm so grateful. I went to an interview here in Hollywood. It was in the famous Capitol Record Music Industry building. And I was, as the, the human resources woman was looking at my portfolio, I was telling her what she really should be asking me, okay? You were doing the, <laughs> I was, yes. yes. What would we really? This is how to interview me so that I can look best. That's right. <laughs> and all of a sudden I saw her close my portfolio <laughs> push it the body language was very obvious push it towards me and she said i'm sure you'll find someone that wants to hire you <laughs> yeah that was a long day that's now, good so i got fired for wearing pants to work and because in the old days you couldn't wear pants but i wore them because it was snowing outside i wore boots and pants under my dress and so i had to walk through the whole office to the ladies room to take off my pants and they saw me walking in with pants and they fired me I go back a long way in New York City. Honey, you know, and this is something that people, cultures, it takes a long time it for does. us to make changes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I see it, the things that we're still struggling with in our culture, you know, today. I, I feel like in some ways, and it's not, I feel like 
the only thing that's been good about our political situation is that I think that for women, if you're not aware of how far we still have to go, and the only and I don't think we're going to get a piece of the pie. I think we have to bake our own, and I think that means we have to run for office, and I think we have to absolutely kick and scream and absolutely, yell. absolutely. I was a write-in candidate in 2007 <gasps> in Chicago for mayor, for mayor, and I got 2,203 votes, write-in votes, and the mayor was that so pissed at me he didn't come to my restaurant for a year. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I I'm all about that. Ah, oh, that's I'm wonderful. That. Now, what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Um, there's, what would you tell your younger self? Oh. Um, I mean, to me, and I know you're still evolving. That's the part that's so incredible. Last year was hard on you. Yes, That it was. was a horrible thing to have happened to you. And yet, here I am sitting with you. Right. Four months later, right. and you, you, as I walked in, I said, you look beautiful. You should have no right to look uh, this good when you I have know. had such a tough year. I, people always ask me about my makeup. And, and I your just skin. Say, I, I know. Well, I use micro primer. I use a high-definition micro primer, and it's like face spackle. I'm going to be 77 next <gasps> month, and do you see a wrinkle? First of no. all, I, I've committed myself to a slow death by whipping cream. <laughs> So that's the first thing you need to know about me. The second thing is Micro Primer by Cryolin, which is a theater, a theatrical thing. Okay. And I am telling you. No, your skin is I gorgeous. I look like this all day. That's what pe Your skin, your hair, <laughs> your hands. Everything. Your everything. Everything. I know. I'm very blessed. I'm very so blessed. So what would I tell my younger self? Um, uh, don't let anybody else define you. And tenacity. Tenacity. Big time. And I think that this is something for all of us to hear, but this is really true. I always said I know, about in my career, I wasn't the best food stylist. Uh, probably not the smartest food stylist there was, but you know what? I never gave up. And I felt that way in a lot of times. Do you know what I mean? And bad times in my life, which we all have, I would either feel so sorry for myself that I would start to laugh. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'd always say, you got an hour. You have a, I'd look in the mirror and I'd think, oh, you right. got an hour, hour to feel to sorry for yourself. yourself. And then let's get on. And, those, right. uh, and then I bored myself after an hour and I'm tired of it, so I just keep moving. It's very funny. When I talk to friends, we allow each other the first 10 minutes of the call to be the organ recital. <laughs> You're allowed to tell me everything that's wrong with you and what doctor you've seen and 10 minutes over. Perfect. <laughs> we have to get on to things that matter. Things that matter. Right. Things that matter. Well, my darling, you're going to come back and be a guest with us again. I would be love that. I have more stories I to tell. I know. You, oh, please. There's so <laughs> many things we haven't even touched on. But again, if you can, it's on Amazon and it's $2.99. Look for your movie. Breakfast at Ina's. Breakfast at Ina's. And online you can Google Breakfast with Ina to see my columns. Oh, please. For the Tribune. Excellent. And then Ina's Kitchen. And what is the head? What is it? Memories say? and Recipes from the Breakfast Queen. Ah, so it's a lot of stories that I tell you about growing up and about how I came to do what I do. And I want you to also look on the New York Times for the perfect divorce because oh, that yeah. we're going to post... Everything we're giving you, if we can, not the movie. We're going to be posting recipes. And also, you have to, it's uh, the picture of Ina is she says that she's so hot. It's not, <laughs> please. I, see, I have this thing that I've been thinking of. I want to find the best picture of myself when I was like 30 something. 
and then I'm going to blow it up, and Cindy will cut it out and make me a mask. And oh. then I'm going to put rubber bands, bands and, and hold it. Yeah, the, I'm going to wear yeah, it yeah. out, and, and maybe a hat. And that, and that way, I, I, I want to look like what I did at 30 or 35. That's how I'm going to handle it with a, a paper mask. I think that works. I think so, you too. Know, I would look at you and know that's Denise. <laughs> Very cute, very cute. It's the hat. All right, my darling. Thank you. I if oh, I'm getting a note from Cindy. Contact us on Facebook. Write to us at womanbeyondatiCloud.com. Thank God for Cindy. We do have a brand new, beautiful website entitled Women Beyond a Certain Age because we like that. Obviously, we like that title because that's what we're branding ourselves. That's what we're at. branding. And to get more information, go to the website. And as I said again, there will be recipes and pictures of Messina's pancakes and all the things that we love. Well, this has been extraordinary for me to be able to share my story and to hopefully inspire people to follow their path. Well, I'll tell you, and we have just scratched the surface, which is why Miss Ina will be back. <gasps> Amen, sister. All righty. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Miss Cindy. Bye. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Diane. <laughs>